Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. A guaranteed supply of water is a basic need for any livestock producer, and dams help meet that. But in a varying climate where dams can lose over a metre of water a year through evaporation, other solutions are needed. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and one of those solutions is reticulation, simply moving the water around by pipes and shielding it from evaporation. To find out more, AgVic Talk is taking a virtual climate bus tour to see how farmers are dealing with a variable climate. Today, we're heading to Benella to visit Greg Becker, who put in his first pipes nearly 40 years ago. My background, Drew, is builder by trade and then went dairy farming back in the 80s when interest rates were 20% and uh, milk prices weren't flash. So, yeah, I grew up uh, with a farm, share farming, raised a family for 22, 25 years in the dairy industry. And all that that involved, put my first water reticulation system in in 1984, which was a two-inch system for 600 dairy cows. You did put in that first reticulation system. You've gone on to focus on that a lot in the work that you do now. Yes, very important part of the work that I do now, Drew, uh, working with Ag Vic, particularly in the drought sector, and we've just come through a drought, and no doubt we'll be going back to dry conditions at some stage. So looking at how we best utilise water, particularly in dry land situations where it's a limited commodity for livestock, both sheep and cattle, for drinking purposes. Greg, is this the primary reason for a farm business to install a reticulation system? There's probably a few others on top, I'd imagine, as well. Certainly there is, Drew. Drought proofing or maximising the water for your stock is one. We get better quality water, so we tend to get better growth rates Um, better animal health outcomes. The other big one is when people start going into rotational grazing or when they start subdividing their farm and property into smaller paddocks because each paddock needs a water source. And at that point in time, digging multiple dams may not be the way to go. So that's when a water reticulation system comes into its own when you can actually just either gravity feed or through a pressure pump get water to um, those paddocks. You mentioned their quality of water and also you mentioned dams there too. There's a lot around this as well in terms of, I guess, you don't have stock mudding up dams and you're also reducing erosion around those water sources as well. Yes, to all of those. And I mean, dams have been very successful for us in the past and will continue to be a source of water. But the other big one that we're finding is evaporation's our biggest water user in the north of the state we lose over a metre of the water off the top of our dams in evaporation and um, with things warming up, climate change, adaptation to climate, all those types of things, we need to look at that loss and how we minimise it and um, water reticulation is one of those mechanisms. A metre off the top of a dam, is that over a season, Greg? That's over a 12-month period above the divide it's uh, a metre and in some areas you know once you get up to Swan Hill, Muldura it um, can be 1.1 and for a lot of dams that's you know a significant part of their water probably a third of the dam is lost in evaporation so you take that over a two-year period with no runoff and you've lost two metres of your water 
not for any animals drinking, but just to the atmosphere. And Greg, I understand there's actually some really good online calculation tools with helping you understand how much water you may have and how much you actually need. So a couple of the really good resources that have been developed is the Summer Water Calculator. So if you just type that into your Google search, Summer Water Calculator, that'll give you something that'll really help you in terms of measuring your dams and working out how much water you've got for stock. And then there is also the online water calculations, which is something people need to do so they know how much water they've, they need and how much water they've got stored. And that's the fundamentals for starting a water reticulation system. You also mentioned earlier climate variability and putting in a reticulation system seems to be a really smart way to actually forward plan for dealing with that. Yes, Drew. So what quite a few farmers have already gone down this path in consolidating their water. So getting a water source that they know is reliable, and that might be from one dam or multiple dams. It may be from underground water. Some people are using desalination plants to improve the quality of underground water. So there's a whole range of different choices and options for having a reliable water source and then using that reliable water source to reticulate it to the rest of the farm. Greg, what advice would you give to farmers thinking of installing a reticulation system? One of the critical things is the planning, making sure you do your sums and calculations of, you know, why it is you need this water, how much water you need, whereabouts you need this water, in what parts of the farm. Think about increasing stock rates and increasing water consumption. That may happen over the next five or ten years. Does this reticulation system have the capacity to do that? So you've got to do a little bit of forward thinking. Think where we were 15 years ago with stocking rates, how your business was set up and where that's progressed. Just a simple thing, Drew, an example would be that you may be driving back to your property to fill up your spray cart. Maybe with a reticulation system, you have a two-inch system that pumps the water 4Ks and that's an 8K round trip that you don't have to take if you're filling up with water. So there's lots of those sort of things you need to do. All the mistakes have been made, so don't make those mistakes. Talk to someone who's done it before and um, put in a good water reticulation system that's going to do the job for you. Greg, what do you think farmers need to be doing now to be able to manage climate variability? Interesting, I've had some discussions in the last two or three months with um, farmers and that time to be planning for water and improving your water management is when you've got it. So at the moment, we've got lots of water. We've had a couple of great seasons. Most dams are full. Most water infrastructure is at its maximum. So that's the time to be thinking about how I can be smarter with my water. It's very difficult and challenging to manage water when you haven't got any. So I guess what I'm saying to people is now's the time to be um, looking at your water reticulation and water planning on your property to maximising it so that you've got water moving into dry seasons. Where can people go to find more information? So you can go to our AgVic website. There's lots of information and certainly planning questions on what you need to know. We have a water technical reference group with staff situated across the state who can help you in your local area with some of the planning and ideas and they will then be able to provide you with the information to go to your resellers knowing what diameter pipe, what length of pipe, what head you've got, what friction loss. They're some of the things you need to know when you go to your reseller to buy 
your um, water reticulation system. We've got three or four of us around the state with um, very good experience and knowledge about um, planning and installing reticulation systems and all of us have actually done it. So um, you're not just talking to someone who's um, book savvy. We've um, been up to our elbows in um, mud putting these systems in. The insights provided by Greg Becker and his team are crucial for those planning reticulation systems. People such as Dr Grant Connolly and his wife Kerry, who are both not from a farming background. A few years ago, they decided to buy a farm and one of the first decisions they made was to improve it by putting in a reticulation system. We're at a place called Barfold, which is in central Victoria on the Campaspe River. And we're on about 200 acres and we're currently uh, a beef cattle farm. We essentially finish cattle. I just want to wind the clock back a, a bit. You're not from a farming background, are you? No, we're refugees from Melbourne, really. We've <laughs> uh, bought the place about three and a half, four years ago. And uh, we've been up here since that time. So we're pre-pandemic um, refugees. What drove you to be a Melbourne refugee? You could have just bought a, a house in the country, but you've, you're making this as a working cattle property. Yeah, that's a bit more fun. Well, I'm not, not really somebody that sits around in a holiday place. So although we haven't got a direct farming background, we've got a fairly long association with doing things in the country. We've done a lot of camping and hiking and four-wheel driving and travelling around over the years, and we were keen to get somewhere that we could actually set up a base and um, try and do something that, that improved the environment. Now, you are working heavily on improving the environment. You've only been there for a few years. Now, the river runs through the property, and, and I understand this and a number of dams were the primary sources of watering stock, were they? Yeah, that's right. So we've got about half a dozen dams, and uh, originally the property, a lot of it was unfenced to the river, and that was a major source of stock water. Grant, that would also be a cheap way of watering stock as well. Yeah, look, it was. There wasn't really any infrastructure that was needed for it, but I suppose it wasn't fantastic for the river. There were problems with erosion and water quality. We really didn't want to be having the stock down there and defecating in the river. We were keen to try and improve the water quality itself. But also there was reliability issues. The The river is great, but not always flowing well. So we wanted to do something to increase the reliability, but also give us a little bit more flexibility in, in how we farmed. So that was a central decision there. Okay, let's fence off the river. It's quite an expensive decision as well. So what have you put in place? Once the river was fenced, we had to get an alternative source of water. We're lucky we've got a bore on the property and um, we've got a high point, a hill, that have got big tanks on it. I think they're about 240 litres of uh, water up there. So we decided to use that as the base of the infrastructure and we pumped from the bore up to the tank and then I've set up a system where we gravity feed down the property. It's a fairly long, narrow property and we gravity feed down that to portable water troughs. In terms of pumping costs, I imagine that's quite minimal other than pulling it out of the bore. Yeah, that's right. We've got the bores next to the house and we've got solar power on the house. So the running costs of the bore are fairly minimal and the infrastructure for the bore and the tank was already there. So we had that base, we had that skeleton that we could then um, build on. 
Is it also about reliability in terms of making sure that you do have adequate water supplies during long, dry periods? Well, that's a lot of it. We wanted the flexibility of being able to move the stock around. We're doing rotational grazing, and that's much harder to do if you haven't got flexible, movable water sources. So when we first got the place, it was in the drought, and the river was really down to just pools of water, and now it's running quite well at the moment but we decided that we couldn't really rely on that as our water sources if we wanted to do the type of farming that we intended to. Are you seeing significant gains in terms of your pastures then that they're grazing on? Look, they're a lot better now. It's hard to know how much of it is what we're doing and how much of it is just we've had a couple of better seasons. But even even this year, even though it's been a La Nina, uh, we haven't, we've had below long-term averages of the rain over the last four or five months and we've still got pretty good pasture cover. We've still got... At the moment, plenty of feed for the stock. I think at least part of that is because of the rotational grazing that we're doing. Our goal is to try and increase the ground cover and improve the biodiversity, I suppose, and, and use that to Im- improve the microenvironment and the, the water cycling. So we're doing that with our rotational grazing. That's our main tool. We think we can see changes that are already happening, but it's a long-term project. We're looking at years to, to decades rather than the you know, days or weeks. You've only had the property for a number of years, but you, you're a science-driven person. You're a doctor by trade. So have you been gathering your own rainfall data since you've got there? And have you tried to look at any long-term trends in the region? We have. It's not scientific, but certainly our high-tech rain gauge of a plastic measure out the back, we've been probably averaging since we've been here about 580 mil a year, which is less than, than looking at the long-term averages of more on the 600 to 610 so in the short term, the few years we've been here, it would look like we're getting a little bit less rain. And what we do gets a bit less predictable too. We're getting, we're getting some big downfalls, but then we're getting some times where we're not getting rain for a fair while. So this watering system would be very crucial for you to help manage that unpredictability. It is. Look, we're, we're working on the principle that any rain that falls on the property, we want to try and keep it on the property rather than having it run off. And the best way of doing that is to improve your pastures and improve your your soil structure so when it rains it soaks into the ground and doesn't run off. So we want to capture as much as we can in those what we think are going to be less predictable seasons with with heavy rainfalls and then maybe longer dry periods. Grant, back at the start you described yourself as a Melbourne refugee. You've obviously gone through a steep learning curve. How are you going about accessing information? I think we're lucky in a way. I do most of this with Kerry, my wife, because we're both interested in it. We've come from a background without a huge amount of knowledge, and I think that's a bit of a plus and a minus. It means we can go out and be quite happy to admit we don't really know too much. So we haven't got too much of our reputation depending on showing how much we know. So we've been to... I've lost count of the number of field days and workshops and and in this environment, Zoom webinars and conferences. And uh, we've joined a a couple of region ag groups that that are very active. People are very generous in their time and their their help. A lot of our neighbours have been great in just giving us some practical help and advice. One of the region ag guys said we'd attend the opening of a letter. So I think uh, we're fairly keen to learn as much as we can. Well, it certainly sounds like you've absorbed a lot and you've applied a lot. Grant Connolly, thank you ever so much for joining us in the AgVic Talk studio to discuss the fantastic work that you're doing on the property and really looking forward to finding out more about how it goes further down the track. Thanks for your time. No worries, Drew. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.